Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. Hey, Tristan. Hey, Ben. So we have you on the line to talk about the state of data science. Your firm did a benchmark report series on the state of data science, and we'd love to go over it with you. You are listening to Linear Digressions. So Tristan, first of all, I really want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us. Um, why don't we start by, can you just introduce yourself and maybe say a word or two also about the state of data science report? Sure, sounds great, and thanks for having me. Um, my name's Tristan Handy. I run marketing for RJ Metrics. Um, RJ is a an analytics uh, platform for uh, online businesses. We help companies analyze their customer behavior. Um, and we have we just released a new product called Pipeline that helps data scientists. And we hadn't really been talking about uh, talking to data scientists uh, quite as heavily in the past. And so we said, okay, well, what are we really good at? We're really good at content marketing. So let's uh, let's just dive into this topic and write a massive report on data science so uh, that we, we could kind of get a foothold in, in that part of the market. And uh, I think we did a pretty awesome job and we learned a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to, to talk more about that. Yeah, one thing is I was skimming through this and I'm not by trade, a data scientist, I just am really interested in it. And I get to pick Katie's brain every, every week on this podcast. Uh, there are a lot of great graphs and pictures, but there's also a lot of text as well. And so I found that as I was going through, I'd see a graph, I'd kind of try and interpret the graph, and then I would dive into the text right around that graph to really understand it better. So it's, it's quite accessible. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Um, we actually struggled internally with just how much text we should we should put around it because uh, I never know how much to anticipate that folks are gonna gonna read when they uh, show up on a report like this. So it's glad to, I'm glad to hear mm -hmm. that you got value out of it. Yeah, I agree with uh, with what Ben was saying. I think it's a extremely readable and it's easy to kind of find the the most important and most interesting insights. I definitely want to dig into this more, but since you mentioned uh, you know sort of your awareness of the audience, there was one question that I had just right off the bat, which is this report came out what, a few weeks ago now, I think. And there was, I think, a lot of people who paid attention to it. I'm curious with a little bit of distance now um, from, from having released it out into the wild, what the reaction has been. And maybe if you were thinking before you released it, what, what you were expecting, uh, whether the reaction has sort of been the same as, as what you were expecting it to be, or if you've been surprised at all by, uh, by how people have responded to this report. You know, I, we're actually getting pretty good at uh, predicting how things like this will go. This is our fourth major report like this. And when we set out to write this, uh, we set goals for ourselves, uh, both uh, how many shares we were going to get on the report, how many page views we were going to get, and how many leads we were going to generate. And uh, we, we were mostly right on target. We've gotten about 1,000 shares on this. And it's gotten covered in some, some major publications, including the Wall Street Journal. So uh, I've been really excited to see how it's gone. Yeah, that's really great. I think it's absolutely uh, deserved that you've gotten a lot of attention for this. So that having been said, let's dig into the report just a little bit. Maybe um, you certainly uh, know it the best of all three of us here. Do you want to give just a very brief summary of the sort of things that you were looking at and some of the, the most interesting or most impactful takeaways uh, that you get from the report? Sure. Uh, the, the, the thing that I want to talk about for a second uh, before getting into some of the results is where the data comes from. Um, 
And this is all based on LinkedIn data. So it's all self-reported um, and all uh, LinkedIn profiles are public to some degree and they can be found in Google. So we're just looking at uh, public LinkedIn profiles. And um, so what we found when, when looking at the universe of public LinkedIn profiles is that uh, there are about uh, 11,400 people in the world today that call themselves data scientists. Um, and it was actually pretty fun uh, walking around to, to people and saying, hey, how many data scientists do you think there are? And, and everybody had these widely divergent guesses. Um, I feel like that number is pretty low. Um, and to me, that feels like there's a, a huge room to grow there. Um, so that, that's the, that was the main first takeaway that we had. And then we, we broke that down by uh, country and skill set and seniority level. And I can, I can talk about all of that as well. Yeah, um, so let's start with country, actually. I, I looked at some of these graphs. I thought they were really interesting. So first of all, you should talk a little bit more about the important takeaways that you found. Um, but maybe at the end of that, you can speculate a little bit as to why uh, Israel in particular seemed to be uh, so data science heavy compared to some of the other countries that you looked at. It was just something that really fascinated me when I was reading the report. Yeah, it, from a country perspective, uh, I think it's not so surprising that uh, there are a ton of data scientists in the U.S. 55% um, of the data scientists that we found are located in the U.S., and they are very heavily concentrated in the kinds of companies that you would expect, um, very much internet and uh, you know software companies. Um, and and I think that Israel frequently stands out as a as a dot um, when when you look at um, uh, industries like that. The, Israel has a very high concentration of of tech, um, especially when you compare it to the overall population size. Um, so I was not surprised by um, Israel coming to the top of that per capita chart at at all. So I have kind of a general question, which touches I think probably a little bit on where you source your data from. Uh, the question is, what, what are some of the places that you know the analysis is weak? And that's either from a lack of data perspective, or you're not really sure if the data is good, or from a lack of context perspective in terms of how do I interpret this data that I'm getting? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and uh, so I am going to, to do my best to answer that. Um, I, I, we have a full-time data scientist on our team uh, who did all of this analysis, and I know that he is going to listen to this and 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 laugh at me for my uh, hopelessly high level <laughs> understanding of it. Um, but when when you're looking at self-reported data, it is it is a real challenge. There's a lot of work that you have to do to normalize it. Um, so on a LinkedIn profile, you see um, you see people list their past experience, and that is what we used to. Uh, look at the growth in the industry over time. Uh, one of the most interesting graphs I think that we present in the report is uh, the growth of the number of data scientists over time. And that all relies on people self-reporting uh, where they were working, when they started, uh, when they ended. Um, and there's a, there were a lot of inferences that we had to make there. Um, a lot of times people didn't uh, input a start date on a job and we had to kind of infer well they they listed an end date on their educational degree and we know that probably the next thing they did was go work for this job um, and so there, there were a lot of inferences like that that we had to make and and I won't in any way say that this data is perfect but we think we did a pretty good job of, of getting the most value out of it that we could 
if you could like wave a magic wand and have there be maybe one one gap in in the data set or one problem that you had to deal with but that you wish just weren't a problem uh is there anything that comes to mind yeah it's funny uh, i i think that probably most people that are listening to this podcast will, will have a linkedin profile and so uh you know you'll know you log into linkedin and you have this little progress bar that they'll present to you to say you know your your profile is 60 percent complete um my my real wish was that everybody logged in and they completed their profile until LinkedIn said it was 100% complete because then, then we would be able to, to tell so much more interesting stuff. Another question, you mentioned that there's a couple different ways that you break down this data. Another is the seniority uh, of the people and in particular kind of looking at the way, the, the sort of skills that people use to describe themselves and how that changes by seniority. I thought this was really interesting. Maybe you could say a few words about that. Yeah, absolutely, and and this is one of those areas where um, you, you know we did uh, we did the best that we could. Um, it was clear that uh, there are kind of three different seniority levels when you look at self-reported titles for data scientists, and you know you have uh, you know people that just self-title data scientist, and then you have folks that say, I'm a senior data scientist, or some variation of that, and then you have people with a, with a chief data scientist title, or, or some variation of that. And we actually translated all these titles into, like, I think it was eight or so different languages, so we get a pretty high degree of coverage in there. So when you break people down like this, you find that um, technical skills are very, very valuable when you're at um, both the uh, entry-level data scientist and the senior data scientist level. Um, but when you uh, move up the ranks and, and you're calling yourself a chief data scientist, your skill set frequently, um, and, and all of these are self-reported skills that, that you're going to put in your LinkedIn profile. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, but your, your skill set as that senior, that chief data scientist uh, converges towards leadership and um, business intelligence and strategy and the, the kinds of things that you would expect from um, a senior leader. And so is that the kind of thing that you read it and you're like, man, I really want to be uh, you know, C-suite someday. I think I'm going to start padding my LinkedIn with things like business intelligence and, uh, I don't know, product management or something. Yeah, that's, that's a funny question. Um, I from my perspective, I, I think that that is probably a naturally occurring thing. Um, I, I don't think that you have to kind of seek that out, um, but but maybe just as your career advances, if that's something that you're looking for, just allow it to take to take that direction. Um, the the thing that I do want to um, the, the thing I did take away from this is that um, a lot of people are focused on the title of data scientist as a very highly technical um, role. And there are very important technical skill sets that are required, but there are also soft skills that are required. Communication and strategy and leadership are absolutely a part of data science because data science is often very much involved in setting the direction for a company. And you can't do that just in front of a, a SQL terminal. I will agree with that statement for sure. Yeah, that the uh, the insights are not valuable if you can't get them from your head into like the other person's head, and that that you know means of 
of transmission is all about communication, either visually or being able to speak and tell a story about the things that you've found. Yeah, I think that's a really important insight. And I think it's interesting that it's borne out by the data as well. Um, so maybe one last question before we before we let you get back to um, you know, finding profound insights for the rest of us. Um, so you mentioned that this is the latest in a series of reports that you all uh, put out. So I was curious if, uh, if, you, if this is a regular thing for you, if there's a plan to maybe update it in a year or two and see if uh, the current trends uh, seem to be continuing, anything like that that we can look forward to in the future from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I know that we're already, so the, the current report is very heavily focused on people self-reporting as data scientists in their title. And um, because we have all of this rich information, we don't just have to rely on uh, people self-reporting that as their title because my guess is that there are a lot of people that probably call themselves a data analyst or other related titles that really have very similar jobs. And so my guess is that while there's only 11,400 data scientists in the world, that there's a lot of people that call themselves something else that are, that are really very similar. So we're working on a classification algorithm right now that is going to use uh, skills and work history and all the data that we have uh, from these profiles and, and look to expand that universe and then uh, look to do very similar analysis, um, but with the expanded universe. So this is starting to get back to some of the questions that Ben asked you about what are some of the known blind spots maybe and uh, and the strategies that you have for making them a little less blind in the future. That's really great. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, you know relying on self-reported data is a challenge and we're, we're trying to, to uh, get better at uh, find, finding ways to uh, extract that meaning even if the person didn't type in the exact title of data scientist. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about this. Yeah, this has been really great. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks for having me on. It was a, it was a real pleasure. Before we go, just a couple more notes. First of all, a couple weeks ago, uh, we asked you for some ideas about stuff we could do for our episodes. A bunch of you reached out, and we have a bunch of really interesting ideas that are in the pipeline. So thank you so much to everyone who has sent us your ideas for episodes. And if you have an idea for an episode, feel free to send it to us anytime. Uh, ben at LinearDigressions.com or Katie at LinearDigressions.com. Second is, if you happen to be at the Open Data Science Conference in San Francisco coming up on November 14th and 15th, uh, I'll be there. So if you see me, come say hi. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.